Buddy? This morning we will be reading Luke chapter 24 in its entirety. This is found on page 787 in your pew Bible. And at verse 12, I will be cutting off and going into John chapter 20 and be reading verses 11 to 18, which can also be found on page 808 in your pew Bible. Once again, that's Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day, and be raised again. There, then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and, all, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles, but they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to be like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves and went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now here, John, 11 to 18, John 20, 11 to 18. But Mary stood up. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying, as she wept and bent over to look into the tomb, and saw the two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one, on, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but, he did not, but she did not realize that this was Jesus. Woman, he said, Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried in, out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord and told them, and told them that he had these things to tell her. Now back to Luke 24, starting again at 13. Now the, same, now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and, and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from re recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know what the things that happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. 
And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and they came and told us that that they had a that they had seen a vision of the angels who had said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, "How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken! Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter the enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and, and all the prophets, he explained to them." What, he, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to, what, to which they were, they were going, Jesus acted as, as, as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, "Were not our hearts burning within us while we were while we talked, while he talked with us on the road, and he opened the scriptures to us?" They got up and returned, once at once to Jerusalem. Then they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, "It is true, the Lord has risen, and has and has appeared to Simon." Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus re- was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still, while they were still talking about about Jesus Himself, stood um, stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "Why are you troubled, and and why do doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have." When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are a witness to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to, to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. This is the word of the Lord. That wonderful scripture reading, we notice the Bible says, and he disappeared from their sight. He disappeared from their sight. It's walking with a two to Amos. And I thought of that. As you read that great Easter story, that great portion of Scripture, he disappeared from the sight. And remember that Jesus said to Doubting Thomas, You have seen me. You have seen me. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. We don't see Jesus physically, 
But blessed are those who have not seen him, the generations after that, who have not seen him and yet believe. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. Let us pray. Father, we continue in your presence, praising your name, upholding it in every way. Praising you, Father, for your presence with us. Yet having not seen, we know that faith you've given us, that we would simply pray, increase our faith, Lord, that we might continue in your presence into this new week, that we might live for you, remembering that Christ Jesus has been raised from the dead in a wonderful way, that we who, having not seen him, might be blessed in believing that he is with us in mighty power of the Holy Spirit, that we might continue walk in the light as thou art in the light, and have fellowship one with the other, and know that you are our God and we are your people, as being described as sheep of your pasture. And so we come, Father, in obedience to you, to worship you on the first day of the week, as you've called us to do. And so, although not seeing you, we believe and we know you are here. So bless us, Father, with your pre presence even now, and use us for your glory in this worship hour. Teach us through understand what worship really is, that we might stand in awe of God, and that we might know you are with us to bless us in such a way we can go into this new week to praise your name, to live for you, and to do those things you've called us to do even in these coming days, wherever you've placed us, in that home, that school, that workshop, that job, that retirement home, wherever we are, Lord. Let us shine forth the blessings of the Lord that others might know Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so blessing us, Father, we would come before you as a church family and pray that you'd bless our leadership, you'd bless our pastor, especially traveling this uh, coming week. We pray, Father, that you bless him and his family. We pray, Father, that you bless uh, Jane also in every way and help her in every way, Father. Use it for your glory even where she is and her family is that we might all come together in such a way that we all end up praising you. And so we come before you, Father, in such a way that we know that you are blessing those who are unwell today. You're blessing each one, each heart. We know that there are needs in our church family, not only in illness and sickness, but also in other needs. And we pray for the hearts of the open our heart, their hearts and our hearts to you, to invite you in in a new way, in a wonderful way, that we walk with you and talk with you and know that you're our God and we are your people. So bless us, Lord, in every way and use us for your glory. We pray, Father, that you'll bless us in such a way that we might go from this place and live for you. And so we pray, Father, for this day that is called Easter Sunday. We pray, Father, that each one of us might remember Christ Jesus rose from the dead for our justification because we accept him as our personal Savior when he died on that cross for us. What a sacrifice. And so we come to praise you and worship you today in this wonderful way. Bless our church family. Bless those who cannot be here today. Bless those who are traveling. Bless us as we gather here, even for our fellowship afterwards. And bless us in the presence of your word as brought to us by our pastor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Sovereign God, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the profound message of the gospel. 
Lord, no human being ever could have come up with such a perfect plan in which your holiness and your righteousness and your justice could be satisfied, while at the same time you powerfully proclaim your love, your mercy, and your grace. So Lord, we thank you for the cross of Christ in whom all of your attributes are powerfully seen. Lord, we thank you for the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray, Father, that this morning that you would help us to see these truths with new eyes. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to more deeply comprehend what Christ has done for us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to see that his resurrection will also be our resurrection and that his vindication is also our vindication. And Lord, we need you to do this in our hearts. We can't figure it out through our own mental capacities. We need you. We need your help, Lord. So we ask that you would do that in us and for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. On that Resurrection Sunday, the first day of the week, first thing in the morning, while it was still dark, two women went to the tomb with spices that they had prepared in order to anoint the body of Jesus. When they got there, they were shocked to find that the stone had been rolled away, that the tomb was empty, that Jesus wasn't there. And two angels appeared to them, dazzlingly white, and asked them why they were seeking the living among the dead. The angels declared, he is not here, but he has risen. And he remi they reminded them of what Jesus had taught, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Only then they remembered what Jesus had been teaching them. And full of fear and, and great joy, they ran back to the eleven disciples to tell them what had taken place. Now, the disciples didn't believe it, but Peter and John had to see for themselves, so they ran back to the tomb and looking in, saw the grave clothes there, but Jesus wasn't. The Apostle Paul provides us, or the Apostle John rather, provides us with more information. He says in John 20, 11 to 18, that the first one to encounter the risen Christ was Mary Magdalene. Remember, she's the one from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. Traditionally, she's also the one who, Jesus, who anointed Jesus with her hair. Now, is that what you thought? Did you think that, that Mary Magdalene was the one that had anointed Jesus with her hair? Well, it's actually not the case. John 11.2 says that it was Mary, the Mary who anointed the Lord and wiped, her, wiped his feet with her hair, was, was, the, was the sister of Lazarus. So it wasn't Mary Magdalene at all, but it was Mary the sister of Lazarus and Martha. Now this is a cheap lesson that shows us how careful we have to be not to let tradition usurp the truth in what we believe. 
True one salvation isn't dependent on getting the identity of Mary right, but on the depend on it's dependent on getting the identity of Jesus right. But how often does tradition and presupposition get in the way of our understanding the identity of Jesus Christ? How often do we fail to recognize who Jesus is because of what we think or what people are telling us that does not line up with what the Bible says? So we have ideas in our mind of who Jesus is, but so often we don't listen to the truth about who he really is. Now, over the past week, we've been identifying last Sunday with the triumphal entry, and then on Friday, for Good Friday, we've been identifying those who did not recognize who Jesus is and what he came to do. But what about you? Do you recognize Jesus? If I was to ask you to describe Jesus to me, how would you describe him? Most of us would probably say that, that he had long hair and, and a beard and fair skin. But apart from the beard, that's probably not accurate. We, we get most of our ideas there from, from what is based on tradition. What's based on tradition. Jesus is described in the Bible as having no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Isaiah 53, 2. Jesus was an average-looking Jewish man. But not only do our traditions often misrepresent his physical appearance, but our traditions also quite often misrepresent his character. They often misrepresent the events of his life. A church that I used to attend had a huge stained-glass picture of, of Jesus in Gethsemane, and he was there leaning on a, on a rock with, it, with his face just, just gazing up to heaven. Beloved, Jesus wasn't just gazing up to heaven in Gethsemane. He was in agony. He was in such agony that he sweat drops of blood. But I got to say that, that I was even though this was an excellent church, this was nothing like what happened in Gethsemane. But I had far more concerns at my church in Australia, where one of the elders who, in preparation for a communion service, showed scenes from the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Now, even worse than the fact that that movie grossly misrepresented the events surrounding the crucifixion, what would have been going through people's minds as they received the bread and the cup? Images of the actor Jim Caviezel. An idol is born. Those in the early church were very careful not to incorporate images of the Godhead, especially in their worship. They considered it idolatry. This was also the position of the reformers and the Puritans, John Owen said, Our love to Christ ariseth alone from the revelation that is made of him in the scripture, is ingenerated, regulated, and measured, and is judged thereby. So he's saying, if you really want to find out about God, if you really want to know who Jesus is, you don't look to 
a painting or a picture or a statue. You look to God's word. J.I. Packer sums up the issue in his classic work, Knowing God, by saying, the heart of the objection to pictures and images is that they inevitably conceal most, if not all, of the truth about the personal nature and character of the divine being whom they represent. So my chief concern here is with false images that are in our minds. False images in our minds. On Friday, we saw how the disciples didn't recognize Jesus' methods. They were looking for a conquering king, not a suffering servant. Even after the resurrection, time and again, they didn't recognize him. Why? Because they had an inaccurate picture in their minds of who Jesus was and what he came to do. So first of all, we'll see from John 20, verses 11 to 18, that they didn't recognize him in the garden until he revealed himself. They didn't recognize him in the garden until he revealed himself. What do you think was going through Mary Magdalene's mind when she was there at the garden tomb that day? The others had gone home, but John tells us that she stayed at the tomb weeping. She was overcome with grief. And again, two angels appeared to her and asked, Woman, why are you weeping? And she replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Then she turned around and saw Jesus himself standing there before her. But she didn't recognize him. Now Jesus asked her, Why? Or said, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Now, she actually thought this was the gardener. And she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. She had walked so closely with Jesus, but she failed to recognize him. A.W. Pink quotes Bishop Joseph Hall in his description of the event, saying, Devout Mary, thou art not much mistaken. As it was the trade of the first Adam to dress the Garden of Eden, so it is the trade of the last Adam to tend the garden of his church. He digs up the soil by reasonable affliction. He sows it in seeds of grace and waters it with his word. Now Jesus says to her, Mary. And then when when he spoke her name, she realized who it was. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni which means teacher. And he told her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father and your Father. I have not yet ascended to my God and your God. Consider her joy. Jesus is alive. And so she ran to tell the disciples. She said, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had told her. But Mark tells us that the disciples didn't believe her. Imagine that. In Matthew 28, 9, and 10, we have another appearance of Jesus that the other Gospels don't include. Here, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, probably the mother of James and Joseph, and he met them and said, Greetings. And they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And he told them not to be afraid, but to go and tell his brothers in Galilee that they would see him there. Next, they didn't recognize him on the road until he opened the, eye, opened the scriptures and opened their eyes. 
They didn't recognize him on the road until he opened the scriptures and their eyes. Luke 24, 13 to 35. On the same day, two of the disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles away from, from Jerusalem, so about a two or three hour walk. As they walked discussing the crucifixion and the women's testimony, Jesus drew near to them and walked with them. But it says in verse 16 that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. As he talked with the disciples, he deliberately hid his face. In, in Mark 16, verses 12 and 13, we read, After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. So somehow Jesus had appeared to them in a different form. It seems that after the resurrection, his body was, was, he was somehow able to, to appear and then to disappear and even to, to hide his appearance. Now true, he had hidden his appearance before. He did that in John chapter 8, verses 58 and 59, when he told the Jews, truly, truly, I Say, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. They recognized that he was declaring himself to be God, and they took up stones to stone him. And the text says that he hid himself and went out of the temple. But this situation here on the road to Emmaus seems somehow different. It's also not just that they, they didn't recognize him because he had been been beaten so badly that his, his appearance was marred and then the person standing before them was whole, something more was happening here. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Their eyes were kept from rec recognizing him. This is the, the, the word kept here is the same word that we read in Revelation 7, 1, where, where John sees the four angels holding back the four winds, so that, that there's no wind at all on the earth. And here it's in the passive voice. The passive voice contain, conveys the idea that the subject is being acted on by an outside force. The subject is being acted on by an outside force. In other words, the subject is the receiver of the verbal action or effect. This was something that was being done to them. Jesus was keeping them from understanding who he was. Howard Marshall explains that this prepared the disciples for the revelation of the risen Jesus by a fresh understanding of the prophecies of his resurrection. So Jesus asked them what they were talking about as if he didn't know. They were shocked that somebody could be, have been in Jerusalem and not have known the events that had taken place on that day. So they, they told him all about it, about the testimony of the women and that the body was now missing. But his body wasn't missing. It was right there beside them. They told him how they had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. He had already redeemed Israel. They just didn't understand how or what that was going to look like. Jesus rebuked them in verses 25 and 26, saying, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
Jesus showed them how the entire Bible pointed to him, pointed to the cross, and pointed to the resurrection. He opened the Bible for them in order to open their eyes. That must have been some conversation. Here was the living word in the flesh revealing to them that he was the one who was the living word in the Bible. The living word in written form. As they approached Emmaus, Jesus acted like he was going to go on further, but they urged him to stay because the day was was long spent. So he went with them and sat down to eat. In verses 30 and 31, we read, When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. So in an event that's reminiscent of the institution of the Lord's Supper, where Jesus also broke bread and gave thanks and said, this is my body given for you, Jesus revealed who he really was. Now this is in the passive voice again. Just as their eyes had been kept from seeing before, now their eyes were opened. This was something that was being done to them. Jesus was opening their eyes. God had opened their, their physical and their spiritual eyes, and they, and they realized who it was that they'd been with for the last few hours and who that they had been with for the last few years. So now with 2020 hindsight, they, they remember back to what Jesus had said to them on the road. And they said, didn't our hearts stir within us as he opened the scriptures? They had been excited before, but now they were really excited. Jesus is alive. They didn't wait. They couldn't wait. They rushed back to to Jerusalem, to the eleven, and declared to them that Jesus had appeared to them. Now the disciples there testified of another incident where Jesus had appeared to Peter as well. And they excitedly told the eleven what had happened on the road and as Jesus broke bread. Imagine their excitement. I get excited even reading about it. But they didn't recognize him at dinner again until he opened their eyes, opened their minds in the scriptures. Luke 24, verses 36 to 48. They didn't recognize him at dinner again until he opened their minds and the scriptures. Luke 14, sorry, Luke 24, 36 to 48. Right there in the middle of that discussion, Jesus appeared to them again. And he declared, peace to you. They were shocked and they were scared. Now, they thought that they had seen a spirit. Now, I really find this amazing because after what had just happened, you would think that by now they would have been expecting him to come back. You'd think that they wouldn't, wouldn't have been shocked at all. Testimony after testimony had been given to them that he was going to appear to them. But here they were, shocked and amazed and thinking this was a spirit. Jesus said to them in verses 38 and 39, Why are you troubled? Why did doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as I have. Jesus showed them his hands and his feet. They still bore the marks of the nails. 
John tells us in John 20, 25 to 27, that Thomas, who wasn't there during this appearance, said he wouldn't believe unless he placed his hands in the, in the marks of the, the nails and his hand in the side where the spear had gone in. And then eight days later, Jesus appeared again while Thomas was present. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put it your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen, but have believed. This was no mere spirit. It was really Jesus standing bodily right there in front of them, but they still didn't believe it for joy and excitement. This was too good to be true, they thought. He asked them for something to eat, so they gave him a piece of broiled fish. By doing so, he proved again that he had a physical body because spirits don't eat. He isn't just a spirit. He really is alive. So Jesus said in verse 44, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled as it is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And now he opened their, their, now he opened their minds. This is the same Greek word that is used in verses 31 and 32, where he says that their eyes were opened and the scriptures were opened. Jesus opened their minds. He made them understand. He declared to them that the Old Testament scriptures declared the events of the cross. The scriptures testified that Christ should suffer and then rise from the dead. And he opened their minds so that they would understand it. This was the same thing that he had told them time and time again. But now they finally got it. And they would never be the same again. With that, he commissioned them, telling them that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And he said, you are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending this, the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then finally, in verses 50 to 53, Luke records the ascension of Jesus. Now, this wasn't the ultimate ascension when he, when he went up to be with the Father, where he's going to wait until he comes back at the end of all things. Acts 1.3, which is also written by Luke, tells us that Jesus was there with his disciples for 40 days. He was with them for 40 days and speaking to them about the kingdom of God before he was lifted up to heaven in a cloud in verse 9. Now, one day, Jesus is going to return in the same way that he departed. But until then, there was work to do. Not just work for those original disciples, but work for us if we're his disciples as well. We also are his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the other uttermost parts of the earth. We also are called to be his witnesses. Now, maybe you think that if you had been there, that you would have done a better job of recognizing Jesus than the disciples did. However, we're no better than them. 
we would have done no better than the disciples. We would have done no better than the crowds who shouted, crucify him. We would have done no better than the Romans who handed him over, or the, than the Jews who handed him over, than the Romans who did the deed. We'd do no better than any of them, apart from the grace of God. I alluded to this on Friday when I spoke about Peter and his, omnipot- and his impotence. We're all impotent apart from the grace of God. We're all impotent apart from God's work in our hearts. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So we won't recognize him until we open the scriptures and he opens our eyes and our minds. We won't recognize him until we open the scriptures and he opens our eyes and our minds. No one is going to understand who God is until they open the Bible. In the Bible, we find God's attributes clearly represented. We see his holiness. We see his majesty. We see his sovereignty. We see his justice. We see his his righteousness. But we also see his grace and his mercy and his love. And there is nowhere in the Bible that we see this better than in the cross of Christ. Now, I know several people who have read the Bible, but they don't believe it. I know a lot of people who who know the gospel, but they don't believe it. I know people that can quote the gospel perfectly, but they don't believe it. Why not? Why don't they repent and turn to Christ? The answer is found in 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We see similarly in 1 Corinthians 2.14, where we read, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. A few verses earlier, in verses 9 and 10, Paul wrote that none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. We need the Holy Spirit to make us believe. We need the Holy Spirit to make us alive. We need the Holy Spirit to cause us to be born again. And even once we are born again, we still need the Holy Spirit to reveal these things into our hearts in a way that, would under, that we would understand and that would cause us to bear fruit for his glory. We need Jesus to reveal himself to us. In Luke 12, 10, verses 20 to 21, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Do you see that? 
No one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus came to give life to his people. It is he who gives us understanding. 1 John 5.20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. In John 9, after Jesus had given vision, given sight to the man who was born blind, the man was was called by the Jewish leaders before the council to testify against Jesus. But when he testified in verse 35 of John 9, that he had, when he testified rather that, that Jesus had come from God, Jesus came to him in verse 35 and said, he asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, some manuscripts say the Son of God, but either way, he's obviously referring to himself, God the Son. And the man answered, Who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus had already opened his physical eyes, and now he was opening his spiritual eyes to reveal who he really is. Now, this is typical of the double meaning that that John often includes in the words of Jesus from John's gospel. Verse 39 goes on to say, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So how about you sitting here this morning? Are you blind? Or do you see? If you're blind, I pray that the Spirit would open your eyes so that you may truly see who Jesus is, that you would turn from your sins and receive him as your Lord and Savior. But I trust that most of us here really do see. But if you do see, wouldn't you love to see Jesus more? Wouldn't you love to better understand who he is? Wouldn't you love to know him better and walk with him more closely? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there with Mary in the garden when Jesus appeared to her and said, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God? Again, think of her joy. Jesus is alive. And we who are in Christ share this joy, for we also serve the risen Lord. The Father of Jesus is our Father. His God is our God because we worship God the Son. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus when Jesus walked with them and opened up the Scriptures to them? Wouldn't you wanted to love to have been there to, to, to witness with the disciples his, his sudden appearance as he showed them his hands and his feet? You can be witness to all these events. You can be witness to all these events. 
through Holy Scripture. But you need the eyes of faith to see what is really going on. You need the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. Now, I'm not talking about some new age, out-of-body experience. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit revealing to your heart who Jesus is so that you will respond with a heart of faith. So do you really want that? Do you really want to share in the joy that Mary experienced, that the disciples experienced? when they came into contact with the risen Lord? If you have really been in contact with the risen Lord, you will experience that joy. Joy is listed as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Even this morning, as, as I was listening to, uh, to Keith Green's resurrection song and, and the Gettys' uh, Oh, What a Morning, I had tears streaming down my face, tears of joy. I'm a grown man. What would cause tears of joy to be streaming down my face as I was sitting there in my living room? The Holy Spirit's work in my heart to help me to understand who Jesus really is, that I also am serving the risen King. Now, I don't know about you, but I just get glimpses of that from time to time. But I want to live there, don't you? I want to know that joy all the time. I want to live a life where I know that I'm living in the presence of the risen King in a way that is every bit as real as it was for those disciples. But brothers and sisters, it can be more real to us than it was for those disciples at, those, at that moment because they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, you have been given the Holy Spirit to help you to understand these things. You've been given the Holy Spirit to fill you with joy in the truths of the gospel. You have given, been given the Holy Spirit to make these things as alive to you as Jesus Christ is alive today. Brothers and sisters, we also are witnesses of these things. Jesus Christ is your resurrection. His resurrection is your resurrection. His vindication is your vindication. One day, you are going to be with him in heaven forever. But until that time, let's pray that the Lord would fill us with an understanding of these things so that people would know when they come into contact with us that we have been in contact with the risen Lord. Jesus said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. We have not yet seen with our physical eyes. One day we will, and we will then know Jesus just as he knows us. But even though we have not yet seen with our physical eyes, we have seen with our spiritual eyes through the work of the Spirit in our hearts. William Cooper, in his hymn, There's a Fountain, said, Ere since by faith I saw the stream thy, thy flowing wounds supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We who have been made alive in him, thank you for your life-giving spirit. We who have been made alive in him, thank you for his perfect sacrifice. We who have been made alive in him, thank you that he has been made alive. And that just as he has received a glorified body, so one day we too will receive a glorified body. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to comprehend these truths in our hearts. That we may be transformed by them. So that we can love you more. Not only in the life to come, but in this life now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.